little bit to do with what I'm going to touch on this morning. So let's dive in. Uh, our series called the, the Cent- Christ the Centre of All Things in Colossians, and uh, Paul writes this. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Lacadacia and for those who have not yet met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Paul, who's, uh, who's writing this, this letter, he wants his, his readers to know Christ. That's obvious from these, these verses. He wants his readers to know this, this church that he, he's, not, he's not met, he's not been to. He wants this, this church to know Christ and the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and he doesn't want them to be deceived. He mentions it twice, doesn't he? Verse 8, uh, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you. In verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. He's, he's worried, this, this, these people he's never met, he's, he's never been to this church, he's worried they're going to be deceived. They're going to be taken in, taken captive and led astray. And uh, I wonder, what, what might those deceptions be? We're not, we're not told we're not told here. I mean, it, it kind of hinted it, doesn't it, in verse 8 with, you know, philosophy, human tradition, uh, spiritual forces, things of this world, and, uh, and so on. But it's, it's it, whatever they are, they're, 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 they're other things, not Christ. He doesn't want people to be taken in by, by things of the world, whether it's philosophy or, or things that would sparkle in the world, that, but that aren't Jesus, that aren't Christ. That's his concern for this church and for us. That's his concern for us. Perhaps I wonder what those things might be. What, what for us might, those, might some of those deceptions be? What, what we could be deceived and, and led astray by and, and, and lose our focus by. What might they be? They might be maybe individualism, might they, in culture. You know, kind of me, my, I. That's our culture, isn't it? You know, look, focus on yourself. Work on yourself. Look at yourself. Put yourself first. Consumerism, perhaps, might be, might be one of the other ones. You know, in terms of, well, you know... Ex- what am I going to get from this? What do I get out of this? There may be many others. And this sort of, this sort of thinking, can, it can spill into the life of the church, can't it? It can spill into our own lives. I know we, we can easily find, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't working for me. You know, I'm, I'm, this, isn't, this isn't doing, going on to this church or whatever. It's not, it's not, it's not feeding me. It's not doing me. Or, or well, I, I, actually, I need some me time. I'm going I'm to do, do this. And, and so this kind of thinking can, can pervade our, our, even in our own culture, in the church, can't it? In our own thinking. We think, well, I'm, I can be led astray and, and deceived by these things, by culture, by things like individualism, con- uh, consumerism, and so on. People thinking they've, maybe it's people thinking they've figured it out. I've figured it out. I know what it is. I'm enlightened. You know, I, I've, I've gone beyond this. I've gone beyond this now. And people thinking, okay, I, I, I know it. I believe. I follow Jesus. Uh, you know, what's, what's next? Now I'm going to get on with my life. We, this, this deception can, can filter into the life of believers and the church. And Paul is saying, he's saying, don't be taken in by these things. Don't be taken captive 
by them. And his heart, his heart for us, is that we wouldn't be taken in by them, but that we would know Christ and the fullness of knowledge and wisdom that is in Christ. That's what Paul is striving for. That is his goal, that this church, that you and I would know Christ and the fullness of wisdom and understanding that is in Christ. That's his goal. For him, for this church, for his readers, and for us, that we would know the fullness of riches of understanding in Christ Jesus. And here's the question I want to ask you I want to ask of us this morning, that's Paul's goal. What's your goal? What's our goal? Yeah? And where is it leading you? Because when you have a goal, you will, it, will, it will take you somewhere, won't it? If your goal is to climb the career ladder, then you know, you'll, be, you'll take steps to, to do that, won't you? It will lead you somewhere. Is it success? Whatever that might look like, success. Is it money? Fame? popularity, comfort. You know, I say if it's, if it's career, it will lead you to, to run hard at, at the job ladder, won't it? The career ladder, sorry. It will, it will, you know, with st- there'll be stress and pressure. If it's what other people think of you, you know, to be popular and so on, then it, will, it might lead you to fear and anxiety. Oh, I wonder what they think of me. I wonder how I came across there when I said that, when I did that. Maybe... You know, it's so easy in, in, in culture, you know, we, we kind of, if, you, if you're in, maybe you're in, you start in school and then A-levels and, and university and the, you know, the, kind of, the goal is to kind of get through, get through this exam and then, and then get through this exam and then, and then pass here and then, and then get a good job and then suddenly you're there and you think, okay, well, well what's next? You know, I, I, there were these goals in my life to, to, to pass exams and, and so on and then, and then maybe you, you're kind of at that point, you're at university, you're finished university, you think, well, well, what is next? What's next? What's my goal now? Okay, well, it must be career, because look around. That's what people do. They go for a good job, and they go for a promotion, and so on. And, and we, we can get swept up into this thinking as believers, can't we? We can look around at, at culture and other people and think, well, they've, they've, you know, they've, they've got a nice house, or they've got a nice car, or uh, they, their family looks perfect, you know, and, and, and their children are well-behaved. And, and, we, and, and so we can, we can end up put, making these things goals in our life. And so my question is, what is your goal and where is it leading you? Maybe you've done the career bit. You know, you're kind of, you've, you've, you've uh, uh, got a good job, held down a good job, retired from a good job, and your goal is an easy life and comfort. There's dangers with that too, right? What is your goal and where is it leading you? Paul's goal here, it will lead you to treasure. He writes that, doesn't he, in... Uh, in verse 2, that you would have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you would know the mystery of God in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This, this goal that Paul has for his readers and for us that we would know Jesus will lead us to treasure, will lead us to treasures and riches in Christ. Where will your goal lead you? Where will it take you? We've talked about the goal but let's talk about where it's taking you. Because that's the thing, isn't it? You have to, if you make a goal, you then work out, well, how am I going to get there? And, uh, you know, if it's a, an easy, if it's a quiet life, then you'll, you'll take kind of the low road, won't you? You'll take the easy option and, and, you know, well, I want a quiet life, I want an easy life, and so you'll look for the easy route. I mentioned, you know, if it's career, you'll kind of work hard, knuckle down, nothing wrong with either of those, but we're talking about goals here and priorities. And Paul's goal of, of, uh, of knowing the treasures in Christ, how do we get there? How do we get there? Verse 2 is the answer. It says, Paul writes, uh, 
My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, that they would know what Jesus has done for them, that we would know what Jesus has done for us at the cross, and therefore we'd be encouraged in heart. My question this morning is, do you know what he has done for you at the cross? Do you know that he died for you, that he, he, Jesus died for you at the cross, paying for all our sins, our mistakes, paying for us at the cross, the the free gift of grace we receive as a result of that, that we're forgiven, that we're free, that we're adopted, that we're restored, that we're rescued, that he paid the price on the cross for you and for me. Paul wants his readers and us to, to know that this morning and every morning, that, that this is the wonder of the gospel. Don't be taken in, don't be deceived by, by things that might sparkle in this world and might, might offer so much. Don't be t- deceived by those things. Instead, be encouraged in heart because of what Jesus has done for you and for I. But that's not all. It continues in verse 2. Encouraged in heart and united in love. That we would be united in love. Not simply that we would, we would know what Jesus has done for us, but that the full riches of understanding, that the, full, the complete understanding that we need, we need love and unity. It's not just knowing what Jesus has done for us, but it's, it's living it out as well. And this, when he talks about unity here, he's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the church, his people, the church. Love and unity. And you might think, well, unity's nice. You know, it's nice to get along, isn't it? You know, uh, no one really looks to, I don't think, looks to kind of uh, not, not get along. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a nice add-on to, uh, to love, isn't it? Unity, oh, peace, quiet for life. But, but here, Paul is linking it with, it with experiencing the fullness of understanding of Jesus Christ, unity. It's not just knowing what Jesus has done for us in the gospel, but he's, he's linking it with unity here. He says, encouraged in heart and united in love. In the sense that if we want to experience the fullness of the grace of Christ, that we're to, to treasure unity with one another. And why is that? Why is that? It's because we experience Christ through one another. Even though you look around now, even though that person might be completely different to you, uh, might drive you crazy, okay, we can experience Christ through one another. When we're loved by other believers, even though they might be uh, tricky and challenging, when we're loved by them, even though we might be tricky and challenging, when we're loved by them, we can experience Christ through them, and they can experience Christ through us. So therefore, our knowledge of Christ is enhanced because, oh God, wow, Jesus, Jesus can work through them. And they're probably thinking, wow, Jesus can work through him or her. We experience Christ through one another. When we show that unconditional love as, as family together, I mentioned that we're adopted, you know, we're adopted into, uh, into his family. So we, therefore, we have brothers and sisters in Christ and we can experience Christ through them. When we show them unconditional love and forgiveness, when they, when they or when we get it wrong, we can experience Christ through one another. And this isn't some verse that, you know, preachers kind of pull for when they say, well, I've heard there's a few people not getting on. Uh, you know, there's been a few flare-ups and a few disagreements, uh, so I'm going to pluck this one out and, and talk about the importance of unity. No, no, Paul is saying, if you want to experience the, the fullness of Christ, if you want to know all, his, all the, the fullness of Christ and his, the treasure and wisdom of Christ, unity, love and unity. Know, know what Christ has done for you, and you experience Christ through one another in the body of Christ. No intellectual process will lead to a, on its own will lead to a full grasp of the wonder of the gospel. 
unless it's accompanied by love for him and for other believers that knits us together as the church. Connect's on today. I love that a number of folk from here are going along to Connect. And Connect is really just a, uh, you know, saying I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm here. You know, I want to be plugged in and rooted into this church, committed into this church. It's not perfect. Neither are you. Neither are we. And, and saying, but I, hey, you know what? I'm all in. I'm all in. I love it. It's great. If you haven't done it, do think about it. But what is it? What is this? look like for us, you know, when we, it, it's the importance of, of gathering, isn't it? You know, this is our, our, our vision, our mission statement here, really just the, the great commission, making disciples of Jesus who gather, grow, and go, and it's, it's gathering together, it's being together, because the, the Christian life isn't meant to be done on your own, it's not meant to be done solo, we need one another, not just because of our, our, our frailties and our weaknesses, many they are, but, but because we can experience Christ through one another. And they can experience Christ through us. It might look like life groups, just midweek groups in people's homes, meeting together, eating together, praying together, chatting together, working through the word sheet together. We can experience Christ. If you're not in one, do, do speak to us. Running partners, just like, if you haven't heard of this, threes and fours. Again, just you know, sometime during the week or, or whenever it really works, whenever frequency works. Just like running together, just in the sense of... Um, not literally, though some do, but just meeting together. And, and the, the whole idea is that, you know, you want to run further, you go together. Yeah? You want to run further, you go together. And maybe you've, you're in a life group, great, keep at it. Maybe you're not. It's organic. It's not something we organize. Just find somebody, speak to them, ask them, make the ask. Maybe you've, you're in one, and it's kind of run its course, you know? And that happens. There's a, sort of a season for these things. Be bold. Reach out to those in it. Say, hey, can we, can we stop? Move on, find somebody else. I know the benefit myself, just of being in, in, in running partners, just that closer kind of um, accountability and connection than you can get in sort of a bigger life groups and so on. So life groups, running partners, um, prayer meetings we've mentioned, Sundays, gathering together, times like this, so important just to gather together. Again, consumerism can kind of work into our thinking, can't it? And, and we can think, oh, I'm worn out this week. It's been a busy week. Work's been tough. And, uh, you know, i um, I don't think I'm going to get anything from it today. And we, that sort of thinking can, can enter our heads. And yet, yet when we realize we're there for one another, we're not just there for ourselves, we're there for one another. That's what this verse is, is, is talking about. Then we see, suddenly it says, oh, it brings on a new value, isn't it? A new meaning when we gather together in these contexts. Um, lunches. Another, uh, mentioned before, just before I got up, you know, we eat together uh, once a month here after the service. Again, a wonderful time where we just get to uh, enjoy community together. Um, and others, but I, I won't go on. But um, it's, it's what we're about, gathering, gathering together. It's, it's part, of our, part of our mission set, it's gathering together, the importance of being together because we're not simply to do it alone. And in fact, gathering, it, it enables the other two, doesn't it? We, as, we, as we gather together, we grow because we, 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 you know, iron sharpens up and we, we grow in the context of that and we go together. We're not meant to do the Christian life on our own. And so I want to contend with you this morning. Paul, Paul uses that word very deliberately, doesn't he, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 2. I want you to know how hard, so he's not just contending, he's contending hard for us this morning, um, which suggests there's a battle, doesn't it? When, you know, a, a contending, he's not just saying, I plea, or uh, anything like that. He's saying, I contend for you this morning. Um, and I say, it suggests there's a battle, which there is. There is a battle. And so this morning, I want to contend for your priorities, for your heart, 
there is a battle raging. And uh, when, you've got, when you have a goal, it sets your priorities, doesn't it? If you have a goal, you'll kind of, most of us, some more than others, will be, will be focused on it. It will define your priorities, it will define your time, it will define your finances, it will define your decisions, and it sets our priorities. If your goal is study or career, those things that, you know, that enable that will come to the top, won't they? The top of your finances, your priorities, your time and so on, will reach the top of that. And if but if your goal is the full riches of complete understanding and knowing Christ, with all his treasures of wisdom and knowledge, then you'll prioritise those things that bring it about, won't you? You'll prioritise those things that bring it about. You'll prioritise that love and unity of the body, the church, that bring about the fullness of knowing Jesus. This isn't me bashing folk because, oh, I've, I've not seen you here for a few weeks. I've not been here for a few weeks. But it's not me bashing people who think, I've, I've not seen you for a while. I've not seen, it's not that at all. This is Paul. This is a Paul pleading for your hearts, pleading for our, our priorities, for our goals. He's saying, don't be, don't be distracted, don't be deceived by things that would, would lead you off course, that would, would lead you in, in another direction. Above all, prioritize love and unity. Prioritize the body. Prioritize Christ. Don't be taken in by human tradition, by culture, when there are treasures on offer. So yes, as we, we too as leaders would contend for your goals and your priorities. Not for, not for our benefit, but for your benefit. For your benefit. That, that you would know the fullness of riches in Christ and not, not be, be let down by when, when career, money, success, happiness that, that culture would, would offer doesn't deliver. And the wonderful thing is when we there's this wonderful transaction that happens and when we when we kind of remove ourselves from well I'm not I'm not in this just just for myself I realize when I when I for instance come along on a Sunday or I I, I prioritize something like this that I um there's a, there's a wonderful transaction that takes place when we move beyond thinking okay it's not just for me actually I'm here for uh I'm going to go because There'll be, there'll be other folk there, other, other folk in the church family there, and maybe I can, I can encourage them, I can speak to them, and, and somehow they'll experience Christ through me. When we do this, and we don't just go for ourselves, there's the wonderful transaction that happens. In the same way, when we, uh, when we give, actually, when we give with our finances, we think, oh, well, actually, this is really costing me, because, you know, things are a bit tight at the moment. And, 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 but when we, when we do that, when we step out, there's this wonderful transaction that happens, which is that we then get blessed through it. We, we then get, get blessed through it, whether it be, be blessed going along to, to, to life group with an evening when you just think, oh, I just need to, to fall into bed and collapse this evening, or, or coming here, or, or I say running partners, or whatever it is. That there's a wonderful transaction that happens. We get blessed through it. If we know and follow Jesus, it's wonderful that folk can experience Christ through us. Whether they know him or not, they can experience Christ through us. Do you know that? Tomorrow morning, whether you're at work, at home, at university, at school, people can experience Christ through you. Even this morning, as we're here now, and we have coffees and so on in a bit, people can experience Christ through you. You might not be even deliberate about it. They can experience Christ through you. However you spend your time, other people can experience Christ through you.
perhaps Ed and Karis can come back up and um, we, can, we can stand and we're going to respond in worship. Can you just play whenever you're ready? And I'll pray and then we'll move into a time of, uh, of worship. Folks, there is a, there is a battle. There is a, you may not realize it, but there is a battle raging for your, for your time, for our time, our attention, our priorities, our focus, our goals. There is a battle raging. You've only got to kind of switch on the TV or, or, or social media to see just how, how targeted these things are to capture our attention capture our gaze, capture our, our finances, all these things. And I want to leave you with what Paul writes in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow. So, you know, hollow, it's, it's empty and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. There is a battle raging, folks. Will you do what Paul writes in verse 8 and allow yourself to be just taken captive by these by things of this world that might look so promising, might look so so full, but actually are, are hollow and deceptive. Or, as Paul writes in verse, in verse 2 and 3, will you experience the fullness, the complete understanding, the mystery of God in whom Christ, in whom are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's what's on offer this morning. The wonderful thing about the grace of God is it's not it's not what we do, it's not what we do, it's what Christ has done for us at the cross. The free gift of grace for you and for me. We're not saved by going along to meetings or or anything like that. We're saved by what Christ did on the cross for us. If we want to grow in our in our knowledge of Christ, if we want to experience more of Him in our lives, then we need to pursue Him. Pursue Him. I want to pray for us. Pray that we'd be a, a people who would be just just ruthless in our pursuit of Jesus. Ruthless in our pursuit of Him. Not to say you can't have a good career things, but ruthless in our, primarily in our pursuit of Christ. Seek him first and all these things will be added. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the wonder of the gospel, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross for us, pay the price for our sin, that we might be rescued, restored, forgiven, free, adopted into our family. Lord, we want to be a people who, who pursue you first, Lord. So aware of the distractions and things that would vie for our time, our attention, our money, but we want to seek you first, Lord. I pray, just Holy Spirit, right now, just um, provoke a heart, Lord, where we've put other things, chased after other things, Lord. Help us just to reshuffle our priorities, putting you first, seeking you first, and 
things to follow in behind, Lord. I thank you that there's forgiveness and mercy where we, where we do find ourselves in a place just chasing after other stuff. I thank you there's just a wonderful uh, forgiveness and mercy of, of coming back to you, saying, oh yeah, I'm going to put you first. Oh yeah, I got it, I got it wrong again today. I'm going I'm to put you first. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus, for your wonderful grace. Thank you, Lord. There's a there's a joy in pursuing you. I thank you that your Spirit helps us in our in our weakness. And I thank you that Lord, you're not a you're not a God of empty promises. 